Hi, this is Greg Hildebrandt, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. The Halloween decorations go up 4th of July, and Christmas decorations from September. Yes, it's one big holiday season in his home. It's Norin Rad. Thank you. And yes, so true, actually. <laughs> got all my Halloween decorations already out and ready to go. But it's 2020, so you got to give me some slack. It's the only way to make anything different. So You say that. You say that, but you did do that last year. Okay, thank you for that, Ian. Now everybody knows I'm weird, so thank you. <laughs> well, it, was, it was your birthday the other week, and didn't you like, yes, have it was. Halloween stuff on your birthday? Well, your I birthday love Halloween. September. Yeah, exactly. See, so. I'm all about the aesthetics. That's, that's just how I am. You know what I mean? I just like all the glitz and glam and story. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Don't look at me so weird. I can not, see you looking at I'm me not. and judging me. No, That's I'm not fine. judging you. I'm not I judging you. I don't care. I, I, okay, I might be quietly judging you a little bit. Yeah, but, you are quietly uh, judging but me. My, uh, uh, my question is, where does Thanksgiving fit into this? In the decorations. With do you food. do decorations for Thanksgiving? Is that a thing? I don't know. My, my wife cooks. Um, do you do decorate? I mean, Thanksgiving is kind of a weird thing, right? It's like really impressive and kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, it's just a food thing for me personally. That's how I go about it. You know what I mean? My wife cooks a lot. I mostly see the bathroom on Thanksgiving, but like I love. No, I'm sorry. Just I couldn't help it. I'm just kidding. No, it's all. It's, it's all, all that trip of thing that you just fall asleep in front of the fireplace. That's it. No. That's what I, I keep the bedpan beside me. I don't have to move. It's glorious. I'm oh American. This is just how of, we do it. <laughs> all of a sudden, we're back in Victorian times. Um, we're cheapers. <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the, re- the reason I um, the reason I went to Thanksgiving is that's one of my clumsy segues, as as regular listeners will know. I get up to because uh, uh, this this episode this is our seventy fifth episode. Um, so uh, today. Humble brethren, we give thanks uh, with our, for, for our special guest on this podcast. I'm, I'm tickled pink uh, to welcome Greg Hildebrandt is with us this week. Hello, Greg. Well, hi. What color of pink is that? Is that more salmon pink or is that more shocking pink or what? It's the kind of – it's more sort of 70s disco neon pink, actually. I like that. That's good. That's where I'm going today. That's where I'm going today. Um so um, I, I appreciate you making time out of your Sunday for us. Um, I um, I feel I feel overdressed all of a sudden. But... So I like why. So well, Ian dressed up and he looks absolutely dashing, very much a modern day James Bond kind of situation, or James Bond villain, however you want to look at him. But it's gorgeous, and you look very dressed up. And do you want to tell us why you dressed up so sexy? I've got, oh, I've got, I've got the East Reader thing going on. I've got I'll jeans on. That, Ian. Look at, yeah. I look at this, but see my pants. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys are all class <laughs> acts, okay? That's amazing. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that Christmas skull yes. and crossbones pants? <laughs> Christmas crossbones. Okay, we are three minutes in, and we've already seen Greg okay. Hildebrandt's pants. Marvelous. I'm not doing anything interesting. I'm so embarrassed. I'm wearing actual jeans. I feel like I should be like in boxers just to keep it going. You know what I mean? Just keep stepping it up. Yeah. I'm wearing a crop top, so that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't okay. mean to try to upstage you there with the pants, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like 
you're the guest. You're meant to upstage us. Yeah, this is yeah. this is the whole. That's kind of the yeah. idea. That's kind of the idea. Um, uh, Greg, uh, we, we are uh, no, no surprises for, for for guessing why we asked you to to be our guest. Yeah, we are uh, big into the Marvel trading cards, um, and you've you've you might have done one or two in your. In your- <laughs> yeah, I can remember. Yes. Yeah. That, that was something else. That was like a, a great period. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but I, I, you know, as as with all these these things, you kind of, yeah, you know, I'm aware of all the work that you did on Marvel sets, and I know that you did with with your with your brother um, some other um, trading card sets that were kind of your own work. Um, but yeah. um, oh, hang on, cat, cat on the podcast, cat on the podcast, Brazil. Yeah. Yes, no, no, not no, you Greg's. Here's one. Isn't that beautiful, beautiful little thing? Yes. You get. He's, he's not even a year old yet. Oh. Bless. Got sister here, too. They're, they'll be running around, probably jumping up here. You know? No, that's She's absolutely fine. There. That's absolutely fine. We've been talking for a while about getting um, a Marvel Meowster Pieces uh, thing going on, <laughs> where we have cats of creators, and uh, it, it, nice. it, like it, it, ple- it pleases me no end that you have cats. So we can in- we yeah, can cats that- are special, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, and, and I started looking back. One of my favorite actors, James Mason. I think he he wrote a book on cats. That brings. Oh yes, like twenty cats at one time. He and his wife. Wow. That's got nothing to do with anything. No, no. Well, yeah, I, I absolutely love James Mason's voice. Oh it's my god, those really soothing uh, voices. You yes. call that murder? I see murder too. Not written on the faces of those drowned sailors out there, but on the faces of countless thousands. There are the assassins, the dealers in death. I am the Avenger. Is murder a right reserved for that hated nation? That hated nation that has taken everything from me, everything but my secret—the secret of this submarine and the energy that propels it. They tried. God knows they tried. You know what I'm saying? That's not easy, oh. but that's speech. I am so right, going to add some of that. Gene, applause. You got to move over, Gene. I'm, I'm taking him from you. Oh. Will you marry me, sir? That was a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> performance. Holy crap, that was amazing. I say wow. that, that that film came out in 1954, Disney. Nobody's, I don't think, I've never read anybody write about the ambiguity of that film in terms of, they always called Nemo the villain and Kirk Douglas, Ned Land is the hero. Mm. But I saw it as the exact opposite. And I think, you know, Nemo's the hero, of course, and there's Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Well, he's a likable villain, but he's all this kind of like he gives away the secret and yeah, it yeah. destroys the island base. You know, anyway, yeah. that's a whole uh, segue. That. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. We're, we're all about segues, Greg. If you only this is the do. whole show. Uh, Seriously, this yeah. is all we do. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is this is it. Who did we have on? We we had an entire segue where we were talking about eighties TV shows. Was it? It was, was Gist. It was Geist, right? Eric. Eric. Yeah. Em Gist. Eric Geist. Yes. Uh, Gist. Yes. Um, who we spoke to recently. Anyway, it was a trip. That was he, fun, he, man. What a trip. Did. That was crazy. Yeah, we do this all the time, Greg. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Um, and I started. I started. So I started as as one does with your website, and with the the, the horror that is Wikipedia. Um, I, and the one thing I was not aware of, and I, 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 I shamed for this, is that I'm I'm British. So the Star Wars poster that I remember from when I was yeah. six was the one that you you and your brother painted. Yeah. 
and I know you, you've spoken about this numerous times before, but it might it might be new new to our listeners. T- tell us about that Star Wars poster before we get onto the Marvel cards because it's fascinating. It's iconic. Well, to begin with, I, I I who I thank for getting that poster is Mel Brooks, and the reason I thank Mel Brooks for getting that poster is. Tim and I, my brother and I, were illustrating all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we we were just, it was getting to be kind of like not very interesting stuff, like a toilet training book, you know? Uh, and, and, and we said, well, God, let's go do something more interesting. Let's let's go see if we can get movie posters. And so in those days, in the 70s, you could pick up the yellow pages, right, and just point. And we kind of like oh, flip the page open to the, I guess, I forgot what the hell the category was, movie posters or what the hell ad agency and we went like this and pointed in there and you know called the guys up and they said oh yeah come on and bring your portfolio <laughs> you could do that back then yeah, yeah. i mean it was much more in new york city of all places right you just yeah. called the director and they'd see you so we went in with a portfolio and but we walked into the art director's office one of the owners of the agency and he had all these paintings on his chairs and propped around the room for young Frankenstein. So this is what, 1973? And it's Mel Brooks, young Frankenstein. What the hell is this? Well, Brooks is doing young Frankenstein. It's black and white. I said, we got to do a poster. We have to do a poster, please. And the guy said, well, the budget's all over with, and they're being shipped off tomorrow morning to, to California for books to look at, all the artwork. I said, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. We'll do it overnight. What? So they, we insisted. They gave us a bunch of eight by tens out of the film. We went home on the train back to Jersey. We live in New Jersey, and we worked out the setup. You know, and I had oh, the monster with the girl with the, 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 the Igor. You know, the, mm-hmm. Dr. Frankenstein. Igor. Okay, let's just get that straight. And so we we bashed the painting out overnight. We literally did a painting overnight. It was very rough, oh, almost like pulpy. You know, we figured the '30s look. Brought it back into them the next morning. They went crazy. They said, what the hell? And we, we said, well, this is it. And they said, well, long story short, though, they didn't use it. it, it and, and three years go by. Now we, we illustrate the rings. This is before the rings. So we illustrate the rings. We get a world reputation now. Now we've got mm. a fan going. And they, I get a, I'm starting my own novel with my brother, Urshirak, which That's is right. a, oh. a and, and we get a call from these guys. They, they said, you got to help us out. What do you mean? We've got a movie here. The, the 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 director isn't quite happy with the poster he's got, so he needs a new poster. So we said, okay. I said, what is it? He saw some kind of a science fiction movie. This guy, they hadn't seen the film, right? Nobody had seen it yet. Yeah. And so we went in and went over it, and there was Tom Young's poster. You know, the, the British. Yeah. Yeah. Not the British, but the one they used here for the That's the, right. Yeah, the first one. And I said, Well, what do you want? And they said, Well, this. But what do you mean this? And we had a discussion and, and, they, and they, they said, well, the, the director wants it, wants it more comic booky. That was the director that we got. So we said we didn't know what they didn't explain what that meant by that. So we, they gave us all the info, the poster, a bunch of shots out of the film, Darth Vader and everything. And we went home and we just basically did our own setup. I grabbed my first wife, then wife, as opposed to Leah, I shot some Polaroid shots and I grabbed a buddy to pose for, you know, in the, in the, get the lighting right in the pose and everything. And then we started the painting. By this point, it's one o'clock in the morning. So Tim and I went to sleep. Tim would sleep for a while and I'd paint. And then, you know, we, we worked it like that. And we did it in 36 hours. We timed ourselves. 
and brought it back in, you know, in that time frame because the film was coming out in a week. Mm. That's why they called us. Partly why they called us was that we came through overnight once with the Young Frankenstein poster. That's why I say my books is, you know, and uh, and uh, that book. So the whole thing goes through the ceiling. Then that that's how that happened. It was a fluke. It was literally a fluke. It was like completely, you know what I mean, from left field somewhere. Yeah. Wow. I don't think anyone saw that that the success of that film coming at all. Well, again, they didn't see it. These guys and and Tim and I were talking with ourselves on the way back on the train. Comic bookie. What the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. They're not talking ink outline with flat colors because that's what comic coloring was at that point in the seventies, right? Right. And so they, he doesn't want that. They don't want that. What the hell do they want? Well, more contrast in color. You know, more warm and cool contrast, mm-hmm. and that's what we were developing through the ring stuff and everything, and. We had just started to do our own Ursharak novel. We were painting some of the pictures out of it. But the irony of it was, when we went to pick up the job, Tim, Tim and I had been developing our own story, Ursharak. Aelwan, the elf prince, all in white with the magic sword, the wizard, you know, the evil death lord of Golgorath, Torgon, who is Aelwan's El- ancestor. And when we finally get to Torgon's domain, Torgon is a seven-foot-tall, black-robed, black-armored, completely covered face with horns, or more medieval-esque exaggeration, oh. giant mace. We had already painted that picture. So we get there to New York and start to look at all these 8 by 10s and we're in the dirt phone lane. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's Gene's <laughs> Phone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Gene's ringtone. That's awesome. I love that's it. absolutely incredible. I love it. <laughs> but, so, I'm like perplexed in this, and not, not, this is for real. And on top of that, we have our allied band of people who have gathered together to go fight the bad guy, and we have a seven-foot-tall Sasquatch character who's a member of the band. Ulu. Yeah. Ulu, we call him. And we get there, and they're showing us all this stuff, and I'm saying, what the hell? This is, like, weird. This is, like, completely impossible. Because there was nobody, nobody had seen our work. We hadn't seen their work. It wow. was just me and, and our Collective mice. unconscious, man. <laughs> it was totally bizarre. So in, in the end, we had to take the helmet off of our, our death lord because we the film, the, the film was out. The book wasn't coming out for another year. Mm-hmm. Everybody would say, oh, you just swiped it from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had to do crazy. Our, our Sasquatch got he got like about three feet tall. <laughs> which which actually is, is quite a nice uh, connection going back to Mel Brooks because when he did Spaceballs oh, yeah. which of course Rick um, uh, yeah Rick Moranis uh, yeah. and he, he was like really little wasn't he <laughs> <That's a> <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I love that's, Mel Brooks I love that, Mel Brooks that's, that's the Star Wars poster story right there that's insane well, well that's wow. the, see, see that poster was the main release poster for the UK um and I, I'm, uh, I didn't go. I, I didn't live in London then. I grew, I grew up in Devon. But um, the 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 cinema in London where Star Wars premiered is now a theatre, the Dominion Theatre, just at the bottom of Tottenham Court Road. And you can see all this footage of a, all the queues going up up the street because people were just queuing, you know, for block after block. And B, you've got this massive great uh, poster that you guys did. 
just like you know <laughs> 17 yeah. feet tall by 35 or whatever it was um absolutely crazy and i i didn't put two and two together until i was kind of researching for this uh thing because of course you know yeah i, I well, grew up with it so. it's like you can see the likenesses there's no likenesses to the two principles they said yeah. don't worry about likenesses that nobody knows who these people are yeah yeah you know, at that point right so don't yeah. worry about that because they they didn't give us headshot. You need you know you need the lighting on the head to get the yeah, structure. Yeah, to get the. You know, they just had you know different lighting setups. And I couldn't you know I tried to make it look like them, but you know forget about it. I mean, you had the time frame too was like so fast. Yeah, you know, yeah. thirty six man, that's insane. That's that's. The, um, um, well, it's, it's interesting that first wave of action figures for that movie. I don't think the likenesses were that good for a very similar reason. Right. Um, oh yeah. Because of course, you know, well, a the technology to mold the things, and b the fact that they probably work enough the same as you had, if not less. Um, so I, I'm just, I, I, I'm going to fast forward. So when did you first? Because we know Marvel masterpieces came out in '94, but had you done Marvel work uh, yourself and your brother before '94? How did, no. how did it? So how did it come about? Can you tell us about, uh, like, yeah. what was the, the the process between you signing up? Well, I mean, the way it happened was, uh, I I looked at comic books for a while, you know, from the from the '50s probably, is that in, in terms of. Uh, yeah, I was like every other, every other kid in my time frame. I was born in 39, so, you know, that's what we had, comic books. Comic mm. books and radio and Saturday matinees and, and the movies. And so, but I basically, I think the last comics that I was aware of were Joe Kubert's tour back, you know, the 3D stuff. Yeah. And then I moved into animation was my main obsession as a kid in Tim's. And we move in that. We get into film in, in, in Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I worked at an industrial film house in Detroit. Oh, oh wow! The biggest in the country, actually. They made films for training films for the Air Force, training films for the Navy. They did films for U.S. Steel, Ford, GM, Campbell Soup, and wow. animators from one animator, directing animator when I was there from Disney, Paul Coulter. He worked on Fantasia, Snow White, Dumbo, Bambi, all the early stuff. Paul, yeah. Uh-huh. And and animators from Max Fleischer's studio. Max Fleischer was a friend to Jameson Handy, who ran, who started this company, that Jam Handy organization. And there were, I didn't meet Mr. Fleischer, but his, some of his animators were still there. And wow, who was a, a the, the supervising director of animation, was an old friend of his back to New York. And so I was Tim and I were eighteen, and we started our career there. So I got totally into film and animation, and mm-hmm. I wanted to do special effects too. It was a big George Pell, War of the Worlds, and yeah, I, oh, I love War of the Worlds. And and so t- that became our main obsession. So comics were something that were there as a kid. We drew many of them, but they kind of got lost. And then we went into these other directions. Of we did documentary filmmaking for six years, and then general illustration, kids' books primarily. Mm-hmm. You know, golden books and yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And then finally, and I'm collecting all the while. I'm collecting old books and and and, and intentionally staying away from collecting comic books because I knew that that obsessive collection thing would the dam would break and I would go freaking nuts. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. I, I would collect, you know, Rackham and Pyle and 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 you know all the great illustrators. You know, kids' books, Duloc and everybody, and then. I was at a flea market here in Jersey, digging through a cardboard box of a bunch of comic books. And, and I just saw 
should I touch this? Uh, look at that. They're, they're only a buck. I mean, what the hell? So I'm flipping through them. I found a Wiz comic, Captain Marvel, you know, the, yeah. where he's running at you with the guys all running behind him. Yeah. It was $2. I said, I can't pass this up. So I bought the comic book and that became it. I, the floodgate opened and I was running around getting and collecting all the stuff from my kid, my childhood, you know, the books from that time frame and getting as many as I could, piling them all up, becoming obsessed with it and starting to draw, again, comic characters, just like a, my mentality was to put myself back when I was seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 years old and just draw. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, because that's what I grew up with, with the whole DC, yeah. universe, right? So yeah, the Marvel Universe, the moon, other than Captain America, you know, who I was drawing also. And I became friends with Joe Simon. He was, he was fantastic. Oh. Uh, but doing, doing those comics, I started to get into it. And I say to Jean, now we're in a relationship together. Because she's been my agent now, I'm business manager for a number of years, for a while. By this, oh, wow. and I said I want to do something in comics, and and she said what? I said I have no idea, but I want to do something in comics. So she she called. We had met Stan Lee, Tim and I did before I started working with Gene some years before for, when he was doing Epic Magazine. Yes. And they did an article, an interview with us for um, Ursharak. So I, I met him then briefly, but then I kind of like went out of contact with him. So Gene got his his number, and I, I said I want to be in comics. Gene, Gene got got uh, his number, called him, asked him who the who was running Marvel now because he was in Hollywood by this point. Yeah. And so he, she, he gave her uh, Joe Calamari. Do you remember that name at all? Uh, wow. Yes, yes. Like Joe Squid, right? So we go in, and and there's Joe with a can of squid on his desk and everything, which I thought was pretty cool. And Tom DeFalco, who was the editor in chief at that time, Tom DeFalco, yeah, right? that's great. He, he get me. We go for the tour of the whole place, and I'm I'm like literally like a kid by this point, and this is like '94. You know, I was born in, in in '39, so I was not like a little kid. I was I had a long career by this point. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I personally had a mentality that I was ready to go there and sweep floors if I had to, to prove myself that I could do this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, but they rolled out the red carpet. They literally wow. rolled out the red carpet. I went over to DC first. That's, I forgot. I think I went to DC first. I did one cover for them for the Spectre. But they had a cooler attitude because they already had who they wanted. I think Alex Ross at that point. So they didn't need a painter. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. it was sort uh -huh. of like that. And, but Marvel, they went like nuts. And they just, they just kind of like said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I have no idea. I, I said, I just I want to do something here. I don't know what it is exactly. So then Tom said to Gene and me, well, well let's think about it. So the next day he called and asked if we would like to do this Marvel Masterpieces set. Wow. So this is before Tim and I were started. Tim and I split for a while. We weren't working yes. together for a number of years. And we weren't working together at this time. We were, we were talking and being friends and he was doing his stuff and I'm doing my thing. And I, and I wanted, I, the whole plan was for me to do the whole set myself. Wow. And Gene, now I was completely unaware of the Marvel Universe. I mean, I, I knew, you know, I'm X-Men. I knew who they were. I knew the whole yeah. basic setup and everything. But I didn't know the details of, 
who we should have in here, who shouldn't be in this set. Because they kind of like left it up a lot to Gene, myself, to sort of like do what we wanted to do. Mm. So Gene said, well, please, I don't, would you inform me about it? So they, they started sending, they sent her every issue. Each week, stacks of Marvel comics were coming in. Wow. And he was reading every one of them in detail. I mean, wow. hundreds of magazines, hundreds of them, and informing me about what was going on in the universe. So it became that kind of thing. So I laid out 100, what the hell was it, 160 something cards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a hefty number for sure. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, and there and you're and there's a deadline to all this. I mean, you're not like doing this like with in your own good old time. You know, you're racing through this. Yeah, quickly. yeah. Then Tim and I start to talk, and I said to Gene, "Well, you know, maybe it wasn't because so much that I couldn't do the job. I did, I felt I could have done it on time, but I just wanted to start to see what would happen with Tim and I working together again. We hadn't worked together for a long time." So I asked him if he wanted to be in on it. He said, yeah. And so we plunged into it. Most of the layouts were all done. Roughs, those initial roughs, thumbnails, little like things. Yeah, yeah. Then we got models, imposed models for everything. Oh, we, oh, but through the rough stage, though, I, I was working with Bob Budiansky. He was yes. at that time in charge of the whole card project. And Bob was pushing me and really being really helpful as far as getting me more conscious about contemporary comics, do you know what I mean? And how to yeah. draw and everything. So I'm getting my art lessons from Bob while I'm doing the job at 40 something years old. So it was all pretty cool, you know? And so he's pushing me and I'm going back and redrawing them. Finally, then we get them all pinned down. Then we get models, bodybuilders and whatnot. We shoot all these poses, hundreds of them. And literally start kind of like a production line, assembly line process to get them done on time because they kept pushing the deadline. Right. And so we, we daytime setups, you know, sunlight setups, it became a color and location, interior, exterior, red light, green light, blue light. We had all these lighting setups because that's how we wow. work. Wow. You yeah. know, mixed paint for all blue skies with white clouds. You mix that paint up and you paint as many Scott, doom, 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 down the line like that. Oh. You know, it really boom, 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 on that level, like that, you know? Dividing them up, working together, handing them to each other back and forth because we work side by side with a palette in the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. And just kind of like, and then when there were some bigger ones, like we had done with the rings, of course, we were painting on it at the same time. And midway into this project, I think it was halfway through it. We had our studio at that time. Gene had a publishing company, Unicorn Publishing, and we had it all set up together. And she opens the door up and says, guess what you're working on next? And I said, what? She said, Terry and the Pirates, a daily and Sunday strip. Michael Uslan, our friend, just optioned it from, from Tribune Media, and he's developing it for film or TV. And he brought up the idea of doing a strip, bringing back the comic strip. So Gene said, I told him yes. And he went and done the deal. And I said, what? I freaked out. Both Tim and I freaked out. We, it wasn't like that we were afraid of the work. It's like Milk Kniff to Tim and me. You know, we were growing up in the 40s. Wow. Every kid on the block who drew 
was copying those dogfight scenes and copying Terry. I mean, you know, and so it would be like, I can't walk in one of the God's footsteps. What the hell? <laughs> this, you know, and, and she said, so it doesn't matter. It's a done deal. So I was, Tim and I just went crazy. And then they, we said, well, what we were copy his style. No, 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 Mike, Mike Usla, he doesn't want you to do that. Do your own thing with it. Just draw it any way you want. So that was going on at the same time. Wow. So wow. You know, you know, I don't see it. It's a realistic strip for God's sakes. It isn't just like, you know, you were in machines and hardware. And it was hugely elaborate. I totally went nuts over it. I mean, I was totally into it a million percent. Wow. And very, very exciting. You know, there was an energy level to that. And then we'd be, we'd be jumping back and forth. We'd be working on the paintings and then stop half a day and then work on the strip. And it was like that. But that's a whole other story. The strip is a whole other story. That's that's a whole completely different thing. That's like, because we were, that, well, it's different from the point of view that, many points of view that, first of all, well, you can't walk in God's footsteps, one of the God's footsteps. <laughs> I'm of the generation that grew up on that, on Terry and Kniff. And once the word got out into the world that we were doing it, oh, my God, the reaction from the fandom, guys my age and older, you know, they were like, you can't do this. That's wow. profaning a sacred object. How can you do this? <laughs> bah, bah, bah. And on top of it, Tribune Media told Mike Muslin that, you know, you don't go back to the 30s and do this or the 40s. You don't set it back then. We want it updated. So yeah. it had to be contemporized. Into wow. A, which drove the super fans, me included, kind of like, oh, what? I wanted to go back into the 30s and do it. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do, go back to what I remember from the very yeah. early stuff. Nope. So it had to be contemporized. So, all right, what do we do? Pat Ryan, Pat Ryan. Oh, give him a stubble, you know, the Indiana Jones thing. You, you give him a stubble. <laughs> they went nuts over there. Terry, Terry, flat top of the earring. Give, give Terry, oh my God, that was like four and one. It was like, so we're getting all this flack from everybody. It, Sheldorf, who was the letterer on Steve Canyon, he was excited by it. He thought we were, were doing well. He wanted to do the lettering on it, which was not possible. He was in California. We needed to get the central fast. We needed a letterer here. And Ken, Kenny Lopez did the lettering. He was incredible. And so we were fighting this battle with ourselves that God's footsteps, contemporizing it, and these people out there, plus Tribune Media says push the envelope to Mike. So we have the Dragon Lady, for example, on one set of, and, and Pat Ryan on one set of, with their love-hate relationship that they had, on one set of dailies, arguing with each other across the room, you know, long shot, next Monday, Tuesday, a little closer. By the time Friday comes, it's a single panel of them open mouth kissing. <laughs> they, they, the freaking world went nuts. You're getting all these letters. What's this? French kissing in the comics? I said, well, there's no French kissing. He's American and she's Vietnamese. <laughs> so the Times uh, canceled the strip because whoa. of the protest movement. Oh, wow. It, it was like insane. It, there was this huge uproar. I wanted to keep the strip. It became undoable because they only got it into like 40 newspapers. You, you couldn't make it doable unless, you know, it was the storytelling strip 
day had, you know, had come to an end more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, but, but anyway, so that's all going on too. At the same time, we're doing the Marvel training cards. So. Well, it's crazy <laughs> because there's so much, I mean, obviously there was so much innovation in the strip happening, but you also innovated quite a bit of the Marvel masterpieces and like the pieces in there as well, especially the superheroes. Like, I think out of everyone's set, your sets, your and Tim's set really had kind of standed out about above so many, right? There was there was an aesthetic to it, right? Like Jusco had this realism comic book stuff. Ninety three had this really good mixture of everybody. Ah, oh, such a good piece. I, I I keep I keep my well, I think I keep my surfer on the wall. <laughs> oh no, and you've got your blur. You've got your blur I'll take on. It off. That's why. <laughs> if I so turn we, this we one over. I, I went back, man, I have something I can look at, you know, it's like there were so many great artists by this point in the, in the Marvel universe. Oh, know? yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. By the time we started this, I said, what the hell did we do here? Jim Lee was already, you know, and everything. The Hubert, yeah. of course, my God. Uh, and I said, I, I'm only going to look at one person. Not that I want to copy him, but I'm only going to look at one artist, and that was Jack Kirby. Why not? Oh. He was like, there it is. Yeah. yeah. You know? So from that point of view, that's all I would look at more or less. You know what I mean? Look, doing the set. But then it became angles, push the light, color and light in contrast. It, color and lighting is the just, lighting. It's insane. It's, it's, it's the Professor X just in that bottom corner. Can you see that? I, I just, that yeah. sums it up for just the lighting on, on, on these, which I know you've, you've light, referenced as well. It's like, right? Composition is number one. Yeah. Why number two? Color and light number three. I mean, but composition, everything. Mm. What's the structure of that picture within the picture plane That's to right. give the most punch to it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the drawing of it, the how well drawn is it? Then mm. light and color. Lighting is critical. I mean, I can't, I can't draw or paint a picture or even conceive a picture without thinking about what the how the hell it's lit. Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense, too, because you're coming from the background of film and animation, especially that being yeah. something that's so integral yeah. and, and important to your work. I mean, that's the thing I've always noticed about the set. I would say probably 94 is one of the most cinematic sets okay. because it has that kind of depth and color and and yeah, composition and framing. Right. I mean, that's all film work. Well, you get that yeah. from the Captain America. I mean, which they used on this. I don't know how well you can see that, but like all these the look Captain like America posters. Just, yeah. 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 100%. You see all this stuff. Like, I mean, the thing that always flipped me out about the surfer, my set's behind me locked away. But the thing that always flipped me out about this, which happens a lot in all of your pieces, is your color composition. Like, I've never seen purple and orange in yeah. this space. You know what I mean? That's like molten. It's just crazy decisions that were just so... They worked because I've seen your pieces big because we've have we've have friends in our group who've purchased pieces from you and you're always so awesome and you've taken pictures with them and we've seen their work your your work in their hands and all this really cool stuff, but when you see your pieces big they they are just epic lush vibrant and then when they are printed small like on the trading cards they're just as lush and vibrant which not, doesn't happen it doesn't well, doesn't that very often doesn't happen. I think, you know, that's part of like being in film, like you say, in animation, you know, you're thinking you're, you've got, and then you, in reduction, I've always painted, you know, I've been an illustrator and, and I know how it's going to look reduced down. And Joe Kubert always said that, you know, I taught at his school for a while. You know, as Joe said, your, your picture should be drawn with the idea in mind that you're going to reduce them or enlarge them huge. So that all that line work shows up and everything, you know? So one way or the other. 
But I think, you know, you think in those terms. I remember when I was at Jam Handy's in, in, in Detroit, everybody had like a reducing glass, you know? You'd look at your work through a reducing glass. Wow. So it all got down small. So you, what did it look like? And even now still, I'll shoot something. You know, Gene will shoot something with, you know, on, on the thing. And you'll see it on a screen, small, in a different context. Yeah. And you see stuff. Yeah. It, it's context is everything too. You, 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 I don't know what it is, the space that you're working in. I think for me, if I'm here sitting and working and if I pick the painting up and go into another room and set it up and look at it, I see stuff that I didn't see in that room over there. Now, what, what, what the hell is ever going on with that? I don't know. You know, but it's I mean, I'm sure it's a couple of things, right? Lighting, but also like the same thing for like, when you write, right? When you read your own drafts over and over again, you're basically reading what's in your head. You're not reading on the page. So right. I'm, I'm sure that's a similar yeah. thing. Yeah. Giving yourself that cognitive distance. That's that's wonderful. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, but I think, yeah, you're right. It's all the photography because we were obsessed with photography. We did photography, film, literally. Mm. Movie wow. photography for a little, for what we did for several years, actually. Believe it or not. <laughs> Well, it's it's one of the interesting things. I don't know how much you you kind of see what's going on with with the cards. I mean, I know you've worked on some more recent upper deck sets, which which I'll come on to because I do want to talk about 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 especially Fear Ultra X Men. But um, uh, of course, Marvel Masterpieces, the eleventh set has just come out, and it's Dave Palumbo, um, Julie Bell's um, son, uh, who's who's painted it, and. and we we spoke to him for the podcast a couple of months ago and he's he's joined the group and he's he's really brilliant at engaging with people but um one of the things that that he's he's taken a lot of time to kind of do is that he he does a lot of photography he's got a really good collection of classic cameras um that and um when he's (laughs) been he's been selling the original pieces on his website and for each piece he mounts it on an easel and you can see the, his ca- camera collection behind them, yeah. <laughs> which is quite a nice little touch. Um, but he—he's—you can really see that he's—he's uh, he's come at it with the eye of a photographer yeah. in terms of the work that he did with the models um, that he, that he got for the set, and in terms of the way that he's—he's he's composed them and built them. Um, and it, it really comes through when 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 artists have that that uh, kind of sensibility and that 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 angle that they they come at it at and it no you know i can't think of any other set um on them on the masterpieces run other than yours that really every, every piece literally i mean literally shines throughout but it has that that kind of eye of the camera yeah, yeah. that really um, does that's that's the whole uh, that's exactly i'm always you know it's like where i want to be going with it here do i want to be looking down where's my is it three-point perspective is yeah points it's always that's all going on you know yeah, that's awesome. Um, wow. And it's, wow. you know, one, one of the things we, we spoke to very early on for the podcast, our first guest was uh, Dave DeVries. Um, and he he does that very forced perspective style in, in, in yeah. a lot of his work. Yeah. But one of the things he was saying, because he te- he teaches now um, and he uh, he he spoke about the way the eye travels through through the through the painting and through the image. And he, he literally walked us through it. And for me, that was a, that was a massive education. And so every time I go back and look at other sets now, I, I, I kind of learn more about appreciating what we're seeing in the, in the sets from the people that we've spoken to. And so yeah. uh, and well, I think that's the thing that 
Marvel cards has that a lot of the other cards don't have like Pokemon and magic. I mean, they have beautiful artwork. All of that artwork mm-hmm. is gorgeous, but they're, you know, what's really primarily featured on a Marvel card is the artwork, Yeah. right? It's, it, you yeah. know, it, it surpasses the character, it surpasses their bio, the power meter. It really is the physical, the, 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 the space of the art, you know? masterpieces. Yeah. yeah. And it's especially masterpieces, which is the hallmark a set for featuring art from artists. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's just fantastic. Yeah. That, that whole thing about composition that the breeze you say is talking about is like primary. I mean, that goes back to Howard Pyle, number one composition, number one period in the story. Then everything else is secondary to that. Cause without, you could have the most beautifully painted picture in the world, but if the, the primary center of interest is way over here in the corner somewhere, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, if you get it right where it's supposed to be, the Greek thing, we kind of like, you know what I mean? The, the whole golden rectangle. Rules the third, magnetism of yeah. frame. You you stick to that kind of, you know what I mean? You just, you know, initially I would measure it out and everything. Tim and I both would. Yeah, sure. that's right. <laughs> and, you know, coming from Andrew Loomis, you know, and yeah. magnificent books that I had since I was a kid and all that stuff, you you stick to that and you that's the main thing that you stick to, especially for this kind of work. Yeah. And this, you're not doing I'm not saying offset it like they got those beautiful like uh, things that you you it's like you came on the scene and you took a snapshot. So you want that sense of realism, too, which is beautiful, you know, the off centeredness. But for me, with that particular card trick, that was not the issue. The issue was that, bam, primary yeah. of interest, secondary, third, fourth, you lead the eye in a circle, yeah. the triangle shape, you know, within a circle, within a square, all that stuff's going on, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> well, you have it, to, too, right? Because Masterpieces, in a way, it's, 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 in a way, it's like comic book covers, Right. It's just a series of comic book Mm -hmm. covers. And that's what you're looking for is that punch, that graphic weight, that kind of symmetry or not asymmetry, like that kind of work. Yeah. And and you have what is it? The measure I remember when we were doing a lot. We did a lot of of paperback covers before this, you know, back in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Have what fraction of a second to grab attention on a bookshelf? Yeah. You know, it's got you. It's not like, oh, what is the you can't go. I can't I got to figure out. Oh, I see what's going on there. No, it can't be yeah. that. It has to be the readability has to be quick, and then exploration comes later. But yeah, yours does do that, though. I mean, I mean, that's what's always impressed me a lot is not only is it cinematic, but it's cinematic in the way where you get the punch, you get the graphic weight, you see, you see the piece, you, it's readable, right? But then your eye can wander, and then you mm-hmm. get the extras and the and the colors and the space and the depth, and it becomes very much an experience. I mean, that's the thing Ian and I talk about all the time, which is why we did the podcast is that, you know, we're grown men. We've done, we've collected cars since we were kids, you know, jobs, families, all that stuff. But it's nice because it's weird how the cards always keep giving, right? You can go back into the collection, look at the cards and there's something new to discover there as, as strange as that might be from the outside, but all that work that you've done and your brother did is there. You well, it, it, it's fantastic to hear that from Mike's side, you know, because you don't know. You're sitting in a room, you're obsessed with your thing and you're doing it. How does it like, is it registering? Is it like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, it, yeah. is, it, is it mean anything? Is it worthwhile? Is it relevant? Is it, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hear that, you know, it registers that, you know, oh, and, yeah. uh, it's, it's fantastic to hear that. Well, we've, we've, we've got, 
guys that are coming into the group now who are just getting started and just discovering the sets um and so that they're kind of going through what people did when they were teenagers when they were kids when they you know people discover it at different points and similar to how you were collecting comics and got that yeah that nostalgia yeah yeah Yeah. um and i think it's 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 interesting it's it's with especially with with the 92 set the 93 set and the 94 set were produced in such large quantities i mean there were hundreds of thousands of 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 them printed um it's it it is an accessible and it's a very affordable way to to kind of you know to 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 own um really you know beautiful artwork um one of the other um interesting things about it is is that you get that time to look at the card and uh, all the things noren just said i can't remember all of them off the top of my head um but then your imagination kicks in because i look at i did it just now when i was looking at looking at um those few that i got out is you kind of imagine okay that's a snapshot of a scene yeah okay what just happened before that what just happened yeah. after that? What's just out of frame? So, did you did you do much of that? Because uh, because yeah, yeah. different artists have done that, and and some do more world building than others around around what's yeah, happening. Yeah, did, I mean, there's been a lot of that figuring out what the hell's the story. Yeah, what's going? I mean, you just can't let you know what's exactly what you just said before, mm. middle, after. You have to kind of like have a story in your head of what's going on. Mm. For every picture I do, I mean. Whether it's the pinup art that I do, the, the girl stuff and everything, I'm thinking of a story. Yeah. Kind of, of what's you know, it's like I can't. I that's the way I think, and and I think that's like that comes from you know the, the film and animation background and everything. But you, I can't. And I've read a lot, and I illustrate a lot of books, so you you know what's happening. You know. Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to know what's happening. Got to know. What's yeah. Happening. Gotta, yeah. Well, and, I've seen you do those pinups on. Uh... Well, what's the personality of the character? What's that character like? Who is he or she? Uh, you know, what do they think and be and act like? You know, you got to know. It's so important, though. I mean, that's so yeah. important. Uh, you can't. Well, you can't. You're just drawing. You know, st- only stereotypes. You know, bum 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 bum. You know, you have to kind of like yeah, yeah. You got to be into it too. Yeah. Well, you've got to bring forth the character that you're 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 you're, you're portraying, haven't you? You've got to, exactly. you've got to you've got to bring them forth, and everyone everyone will have uh, different um, you know their own interpretations of the characters. And, you know, but let's touch on Lord of the Rings. You know, Lord of the Rings for the longest time until I'd read it as a teenager, I I kind of almost consciously and i still do this avoided visual representations of the characters until yeah. i'd read the books because yeah. i wanted to kind of let the words come to part, you know yeah um and and now it's like the the, the number of different interpretations uh obviously Amazing. you there's the work that you guys did um alan days is that the artist yeah. thinking of who did the work for for a long and and then that carried through into the the work that there's peter jackson did it's just Phenomenal. Well, Did you work on any um, Lord the Hobbit in 1969? And, wow. and we said we should illustrate this someday. Like, like we got to illustrate this. It was like that kind of thing. We were doing film yeah. at the time, and then we got into general illustration of all kinds of stuff. And it was oh, we should illustrate this. And then finally, then we read the Rings. We said we got to illustrate this. Yeah. And it wasn't until Tim Kirk. Do you remember that name? He did a he did a calendar. They were Valentine Books here was using the uh, art of to- Tolkien stuff. Yes. And then they put out this calendar, Tim Kirk, 
he was more at that time called a fan artist, you know? Yeah. 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 And at the, in the back of it, they, they asked for, they had a little blurb that said that like, requested any artists interested in interpreting the Lord of the Rings to contact them. Oh, wow. Okay. And Tim and I, we called the art director, Ian Summers. Again, those are the days you could call people when he answered the phone. And Ian said, yeah, come on in. So we had already, we had a, our general portfolio show that we were professionals, you know, what we work. And, and then we had a bunch of sketches, the, the character, principal characters, you know, the hobbits and Gandalf and whatnot. Yeah. And we were the only professionals that showed up. Ian, wow. Ian, in his office, he had all these stacks of artwork from high school kids and, and, and college kids, fans, you know, like fan art. It was all fan art, you know? Not, yeah. not, I'm demeaning that. I'm just saying. It, but there were no professionals because right. at that time, we, we started the first calendar, and then I had I was at an art studio once picking up another job, and the then uh, head of the Society of Illustrators President of the Society of Illustrators happened to be there, and he said, "What's this stuff?" And, and I said, "Well, you know, the Lord of the Rings is fantasy." So, well, oh, yeah, it looks like what's that guy's name? Franzetti. Like he he literally, <laughs> then president, nineteen seventy six of the Society of Illustrators, wiped all this fantasy art off the table as trash, shit, junk, crap, sub art. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's like like comic art was always treated, right? Like that same yeah. Yeah. junk. And I couldn't, I didn't know why. I mean, we amongst illustrators in the city, generally speaking, that was the attitude towards it. This was That's so bizarre. Kid thing, uh, you know, whatever. And well, right back yeah. then, too, I mean. We were just talking to Bianchi, actually, and he is doing an exhibit where he's showing the comic book art and the mythos of superheroes and so forth in museums in Italy and art and art galleries in Italy that usually have some of the most elaborate and famous yeah. pieces of work. And it's a great way to show how this context is building around this art form now, because you know, the world has completely changed from people oh. frowning on professional artists doing sci-fi yeah. because yeah. you know, sci-fi, it's amazing, you know, or, or like horror or, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I yeah. grew up again, like I say, my career started in 1958. So I'm well aware of the, the attitude towards this kind of work yeah. that people have, which is bizarre and insane to me. And you get into these arguments. Well, what the hell is the Sistine ceiling for God's sakes? Yeah. We talk about mythology and imagination and whatever you want. I mean, go way back. Iliad and the Odyssey, yeah. for sake. Uh, it, it's like, uh, overwhelmed. What, what's the distinction? I don't get it. Yeah, there's yeah. a weird gatekeeper thing that was happening a long time ago, and now it's kind of slowly yeah. gotten away from that. Immensely, have gotten away from that because a lot of people who grew up, you know, who are in our age, our age range, are in charge of these studios, and they're getting, you right. know, their own credibility yep. and their productions and stuff like that. Are like, oh, we love this stuff. We look yeah. at Hildebrands where we're like, yeah, well, this is the iconic yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Old perplexing as hell to me i could never get it in back then and and it was like so derided but comics too right the comic book burn i can remember the comic book burnings you know 1955 comic book burnings you know mm-hmm. it's like like nazi germany for god's sakes i mean you know Ugh. to say nothing yeah. that's going on. It's, 
it's the same yeah. thing yeah. as a, yeah 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 <laughs> um it's the same as um you, you remember actors in the 70s and 80s it was like if you did movies they'd be like you can't do television uh, right exactly. do, you know you yeah, can't change lanes like that yeah, you, and now true. you get these amazing shows uh where you have like fargo is a prime example oh, where you yeah. have these amazing talents uh who are, who are seamlessly crossing crossing genres and a lot of it is led by the writing i mean the quality of writing these days in television especially the cable right. network is is just you know flawless um vince gilligan you david chase you know sopranos people like that um it, it's just wonderful stuff um have you um have you because I, I know you, you do obviously the, the kind of more portraiture and cover artwork did you ever do sequential art did you ever actually do um aside from the strips did you yeah. ever do any a couple of books one they and i wish i would have done another one but i mean they wanted us to do a uh, x-men 2099 book in marvel which oh. which was weird it was like short-lived universe you know what i mean it didn't last at all it was yeah. a lot of work. it's all painted and then i did one superman book uh walt simonson wrote it and then tim and i painted it the only problem was we had to get another artist to help us finish it off and I, you know, I mean, I know that's that's very common in 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 the, in the world of comics, right? Multiple people. But Tim and I either worked alone for all of our life or together, and I couldn't deal with working with another artist. Yeah, yeah. It was, I just couldn't. I don't know. It's like a very tough thing to think. You know, I can't even now. I can't think of penciling, and then somebody else comes and puts ink on it. I just, it's just, I don't. You know. It's not something that I can think of very well. well it's just well, it's just your DNA. It's how you, yeah, how you yeah. put together. So yeah, it's like what I got used to, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. I never worked in that world, and 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 I mean, it amazes the hell out of me. But yeah. it's like, and I know a lot of comic artists for God's sakes, and, they, and, and but it's fantastic. But I just, it's like a whole glitch thing. I just can't deal with. Well, you know? also did like the assembly line animation thing, right? The Disney yeah. Studio, that that kind of thing when you're well, doing the paintings, yeah. which is just yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> I started in, in, like I say, in 58 at this company with Tim, Tim and I both as assistant animators at working on storyboards and on, on production design. And, and uh, in that, in those days, it was all paper and pencil and markers and mm. ink and you know what I mean? Colored pencils, Prismacolor pencils. I mean, that's what we worked with. That's what everybody worked with. Yeah. And, and, and you did it all yourself. I mean, and then it moved into a group thing. I mean, with the it moved towards now you're into the you, you design the whole thing, and now you got to work with painters to paint the backgrounds with you. Back then, you know what I'm saying. But later, then just the Tim and I working together for so many years, it became like, nah, I can't, I can't handle that. You know. Yeah. Even though, like I say, initially I did it a lot of. You know. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's how you're wired. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, 100%. So, yeah. so how long did it take you to, because I think it was about 160 pieces. I just looked at the checklist and it, it looks like 160. How long did it take you? Six to months of painting time. Wow. So that's that's both of you working simultaneously. Yeah, six months. And that's why I said we had to come up with this process. And then we yeah. were working on tearing the Pirates at the same time. We did that. Right. So, but I was younger then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just get out of here. <laughs> I've seen well it's funny you brought up the pinups earlier. I saw a great video that you and Gene did. I was memorized me- mesmerized, but you were drawing the pinup on the side of a I'm so bad with aircrafts. Yeah, that plane. I thought several of them. That's that was crazy. Yeah, well I noticed that later. Yeah, that was so awesome to see that kind of like 
the speed well, in I, which you were doing in the layers. Wow. That they, they, they that in the war, in the second war, the guys were painting those pinups on, on the plane, but not yeah. only girls, but they're, you know, cartoon characters, all kinds of stuff. But they would, they would slap those things up there with Sherman Williams house paint. Because, I mean, they could be shot down the next day. There was no attempt at real refined painting, mm, if you right. see it, you know. Then one guy, somebody that we knew somebody who knew somebody that knew this man who had this collection of uh, World War II fighter planes, warbirds and bombers and, and, and fighter planes. And in Texas, this guy, he had like 52 planes. Wow. And in, in the hangar... So he, he, he contacted us, and then Jane worked it out with him, you know, over the phone. He had a, 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 a P-38 Lightning. You know that thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do. Fuselage, long body, short center, and beautiful sure. plane. And he had one, and he wanted this painting. He had photos of the original art that was on the plane. Oh. It, was, it was a girl lounging back with a see-through negligee on and with, with lettering that said, Thoughts of Midnight. And then the pilot's name. And he wanted that redone on his plane. It was no longer there. So I said, that pose looks real familiar to me, knowing, you know, pinup art to some degree. So I looked through some old magazines of mine, some Esquire magazines from 1941 to whatever. And it was a, a Vargas girl in the magazine that, you know, because that's what the guys did on those planes. They they would go to Esquire or, yeah. or a right. The Algren calendar, Gil Algren calendars, or Moran, or Moser, and take them from the magazines or from the calendars and put them on, the, you know, do their take on them on the plane. So that's what this was. So I said, well, that's that's Vargas, and and he said, oh, he didn't even know what it was, the, the owner. Right. So I I said, but I don't want to copy. I had a, it, it's kind of an internal thing. I don't want to copy Vargas's picture. Can I pose my own model in that same pose, but just so I know that it's my model that I yeah. <laughs> So he said, fine. So I did that. And then we drew the picture here in Jersey, shipped it, you know, via the electricity here, sending it to him. And he approved it finally. And then we got all of our paint together and mixed everything. I, I got all what I needed for the job, shipped it all to his uh, hangar out in uh Eagle Pass, Texas. It's right near the border, and and we get there, and I and I did a drawing, which I then blew up to the size, took all the careful measurements of the plane. It's yeah. it's like seven feet across, you know, or something like that. Whoa! And we get there, and I walk into the hangar for the first time, and I'm in awe. It's like, oh my god, I was drawing these airplanes when I was a kid, you know, from Terry and the Pirates. And here they are. Ah, that's right. You know, there was a really that sense because I can remember the war. You know, it's like I was like, you know, 39. So I, I, at five, I can remember my uncles coming back from the war and everything. So that was all a very real thing that I can still remember, you know. Yeah. And to see these planes, to be with them and, and to have the, they knew the, the owner knew the entire history of the plane and how many missions it was in. And the pilot, oh, my God, it was incredible. And wow. he, he was he was able financially to to maintain these fifty something two planes with a fleet of mechanics in a beautiful hangar that he had seen in England. He was in England years ago, and I, I don't know where from what town, but it was a smaller type setup that he reconstructed in Eagle Pass, Texas. Wow. So this reconstructed hangars grouping of three or four buildings, and 
They were beautiful. And then you see these plants. Anyway, so that I did that first one. He, they, these guys have fly-ins, you know, they get together, they, they go and show up to airplanes to each other. And they, another guy from Texas saw that plane. He had to have one. So he... <laughs> he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't have Jim over there next door have this, and I can't have this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> anyway, but they're a trip. I mean, you know, you got to... Because you're, you're dealing on a, on a, on a cur- surface that's curved. Curvature. Yeah. And this way. And so you got to get the drawing transferred onto the plane and you're painting it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I saw the video of you doing it. I was like, it's such an intimate process to be like that close to that machinery and, and, and that precious of a piece and of history. Just phenomenal, phenomenal content. Really amazing. Yeah. And you got to get back from it too in these hangers. Yeah. 120 degrees inside because I painted them in the summertime and they had air conditioning units blowing out. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was dual. But you have to get way back. You have to crawl down the, you're up on a scaffold to do this too. Mm. And anyway, the procedure, but I like the physical process of doing stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. people, do you ever think about working on a computer doing art? I said, I, I, what the hell? I mean, I like this thing. I like to get, yeah, yeah, you know, what into I mean? it. Well, we've yeah. seen you in your, 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 in your studio and in, in, in all your gloriousness in the, in the main space of your work, sir. So you get down and dirty for sure. Standing and sitting, right? Well, it's that well, T-shirt long? that you had. <laughs> yeah, it was covered in paint. So I love it. Well, did you sell it or something? Or wrap it up? I, I can't remember that. that. I, but I mean, you, I get old T-shirts and you know, you're painting, like you're mixing and trying to get the paint off the brush and stuff like that. It. So you end up covered with paint. I started with rags on my, my, my lap once and it, it just got over my You're clothes. Like, nah, rags are for chumps. I'm doing t-shirt. Yeah. I'm doing full. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, so how big were the Marvel masterpiece um, canvases? Because I've seen you work on massive pieces, but I'm, I was never, I've never seen, I've seen a Go few on. originals here and there, but I've never seen like how yeah, big they are. A lot of them were painted, you know, just normal, you know, eight by 10 copy paper size. Wow. 20, 20% maybe were painted bigger depending on the subject how much was in the picture and the right. possibility that they might want to use some of these for posters you know right. so it was it went like that it, it they varied besides very yeah. that was all, they were all painted on duron board which is like a high quality masonite very high quality press uh-huh. panels that's what that all was painted on that's what we painted yeah. on string yeah. wow just i am did that help with the color? Like what? Like that? The color. Then the color. It, the surface is real hard, and you 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 put a coat of several coats of white gesso and you sand it, so it gets to a very nice surface. And it's yeah. a very hard, non-absorbent surface. Right. So that we were used to painting. That's what we did all the ring stuff on. So it's about we get used to painting on what kind of surface. And I, and the only reason I started painting on that board was I read some. Because I have very limited art education. I read an article in Horizon Magazine. I don't know if you remember Horizon. It was a book, art book. They're magnificent. They're magazines, but they're a hard cover. They were on the arts of, you name it, history, contemporary, everything. And there was an interview with Andrew Wyeth, who I like a lot, that he painted on Masonite panels. Huh. Was, well, that sounds good. That sounds right. So. <laughs> I mean, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough yeah. for me. I'll, I'll have some of that. Thank you. <laughs> so that's why he ended up on Masonite. That's why he ended up. It's, it, but Masonite and shipping it, you know, people buying art gets so damn heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Creating and get to create it and everything. 
So finally, then I said, well, what the hell, let's, let's go to the traditional, back to canvas. I hadn't painted on canvas in a long time. So now I'm painting on canvas. You got a very fine uh, rain canvas and then you sand it even to get it smoother if you want it smooth, you know? Oh, so, wow. Okay. That, that was, but the marble stuff was all painted on, on, mace, on tricks, drawing. Tricks of the trade, this. There's, um, ah. there's a wonderful photo on your Instagram feed and I think it, I, it, mu- it must be from back in the day, 94, when you were painting them because there's, you're painting it. But in the background are all the preliminary um, pieces, like literally cool. like tiled up yeah. behind it. Um, and, and they're fantastic. And I know that at least I know where some of those ended up because um, I have here a copy of Cards Illustrated <laughs> magazine. <laughs> From from uh, this is from February 1995, and this caught my eye on a previous episode. So Noreen will have heard this, but I've, I, I never kind of figured we'd have the chance to uh, mention this to you. So they they have this section, and the winner is okay, and it's people who won. The winners of the Hildebrandt contest, in which entrants were to draw their favourite Marvel character and have their entries judged by the Hildebrands. Do you remember doing that? Uh, kind of. <laughs> Statute of limitations has passed if, if it was someone else who did it for you. That's okay. Um, were Barbara Perry from Bowelson Bur- Bur- in Texas, top, who received the pencil sketch of the legacy card. So she 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 obviously won the original okay. sketch. I- um and and then uh, someone won the Nebula, and then someone won. Uh, yeah, mm, pass. I can't quite see who that is because my eyes are terrible. Jean Grey. There we go. Um, so, do you do you did did you did a lot of those things go for promotional purposes, or do you you keep stuff? Because some some artists we've spoken to keep all their works, some some well, don't. Yeah, we keep it all. I mean, I used to give it all away. I was just I was just a boy giving it all away. It was not a lyric and a song. Yeah. And that's what I did because I never thought about it because back then it, there was no second value to stuff, right? Yeah. Before, yeah. before I mean, when I was starting, there was once the job was done, it was over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just throw it away. Or you, yeah. We would bring things into the art directors and they would stick them in a closet or somebody would take it home or they would just throw yeah. them all. So, uh, but I'm getting a headache. I'm feeling dizzy from that. I, I want this. When <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ephemeral stuff, isn't it? You know, back that's why, the, especially the early comic books, they weren't made to be kept for years and years. They were meant as periodicals, oh, literally. It's all it's all junk, you know. It's junk. Yeah. You, 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 the comic strips, you, you read them once and you roll up your garbage in the newspaper and throw yeah. it away. You know what I mean? It's like that treatment. That was the mentality of it. And the same with illustration. You know, what are you? It's merely an illustration. You remember that kind of put down? What is this? Comic book <laughs> cutout characters. Merely an illustration. Go yourself. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it, it, it's like, but before Gene, there's BJ and AJ. Before Gene, after, and once Gene, she's like, no, nobody's getting anything. I mean, <laughs> everything, man. You know, everything. And not this, that she wasn't with me when I did the Star Wars poster because we never ended up with that. You know, um, they, even though. In, it, you never signed a, an agreement with anybody that claimed that they that's, they stated that they own the actual object at all. Mm. There's nothing mm. like that. Yet, mm. there was a kind of a conversation that, if, amongst us stupid illustrators. You, know, you brought it in. They owned it. They owned it. Well, no, they didn't. 
I don't know if you know Vinny Fate. He was back back in the day. Vincent, a great artist, science fiction, and he was working for artists' rights and everything, and trying to tell us, no, 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 don't bring your damn painting. Take it to a photographer. Let them shoot the chrome of it and give them the chrome. Don't give them the painting. Smart. Well, that's what Jean started doing. She said, "The hell with this crap." She kept everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Well, we saw it. We, 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 I mean, I don't believe in, I, there are many artists, you know, that don't like to sell their work and that's their choice to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to sell. And, and, and I respect that completely for me. I mean, I, I'd rather have people enjoying it than it being stuck in a drawer somewhere in my house. I mean, it, it just doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, yeah. And, and we make, and Gene's always made sure that everything's doable in all kinds of ranges for people. Yeah. You cool. Know? Like uh, Gene's great about that. Well, the spider, uh, oh spider gosh, web art. But, yeah, just fantastic. Yeah. And you guys uh, did so much work with trading card prelims too. You had multiple different artists there and prelims oh. that you kept track of. I mean, I mean, that was well, the first spot I found. Yeah, Gene, Gene repped a lot of artists. You wow. know? Now it's down to just mainly me and a couple other people. Man, she repped a lot of people. You yeah, know? great work, great work. Yeah, no, it is. She, it she is. Was, Gene, Gene is a genius level person you know she just entered this with absolutely you know brother started unigrown publishing they had never printed anything nothing they just started it and figured wow. it out you know there's no wow. history before that at all but in in the same with her as a rep and, and as a business person she's she's freaking incredible yeah very creative yeah, yeah, that's good. Amazing. Well, you know, <laughs> keeps it keeps well, we it. We appreciate keeps, her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Seriously, she's, she's phenomenal. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward in time here. I'm okay. gonna hold this up. Oh, oh, that's a couple of years ago. That that is. So what I'm holding in my hands, for the benefit of those who can't see us, which is most people, um, is the piece that you did for the Fleer Ultra X Men 2018 um, set from Upper Deck, and I'm holding a, uh, the lithograph that that you got through their um, EPAC platform. If you collected, yeah, if you collected all of the parts, because this 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 pitch, this painting, uh, this image was broken down into I think nine cards, um, and then if you got all of those nine cards, you um, and you collected them on the Upper Deck platform, you got this this fine piece here, which I will frame at some point. Um, it's still in the original, very good quality top loader that they sent it in. So I, I'm curious, because obviously, you know, 94's a, a while back, and I know that you did some some work on other trading card sets in the 90s, most Fleer Ultra X-Men, and I, I believe you did some work for one of the Spider-Man sets as well, but yeah. I'm, I'm my encyclopedic knowledge is failing me. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff in the Spider-Man stuff. But That's then, white stuff too, right? Would yeah. would would I be right in thinking that you kind of didn't touch anything else until Upper Deck came back, kind of for 2017, I think, Fleer yeah. Ultra Spider-Man. Yeah, no, we didn't. As far as cards, no. Yeah. So no, what was Matt Magic in 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 some Harry Potter stuff we did. Oh, of course, yes, yes. Oh, was, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of Magic the Gathering cards, and then some some of the Harry Potter stuff before the films, you know. Before, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you do any of the? Because um, obviously, once the films came out in the late nineties, early noughties, there were a plethora of Lord of the Rings trading card sets. Like uh, some of them uh, film based, some of them a real mix of film and art, and some of them just pure art. Did you do anything towards those at all? No, no. Was that? That would have been interesting if they if they'd come calling for some of you. No, so, I mean, going back to the rings thing. I mean, Judy Lynn Del Rey, 
who was the science fiction fantasy editor at, at Ballantyne, Lester Del Rey, the writer, her husband. They were the experts on the ring. She said, we were doing the, the first calendar. She said, you know, they don't like your work over there. And I said, no, I didn't. Okay. You know, well, just as a general flat rule, they didn't like anybody illustrating it. Because Tolkien didn't like illustration, right? He didn't right, want okay. people. And I get I totally oh. get this author not wanting – I get it. I, I really get the conversation mm-hmm. on his part that he doesn't want somebody pinning it down. He wanted yep. the reader to visualize it. I right. totally, I, I'm with that a thousand percent. But at the same time, I'm over here too. <laughs> yeah. Is Robert Louis Stevenson loved illustrators. And he would write for Apex Moments for an illustrator to illustrate yeah, so you get these two different things, you know, and but no, they never liked it, and uh, they they never called us back. And finally, Jean now is working with me, and she saved all the the drawings that I was about ready to throw out from the calendars. We just started working together, and I am all crumpled up in my studio. These gigantic renderings, some of them were they're all done to the size of the drawing because I didn't have a Xerox machine at that moment, mm-hmm. and so we would do the layouts three feet across, four or six feet across. And I was ready to throw them all out. And she says, she had, we had just, the very first day of coming up to my studio and working together, she said, what's all that? I said, oh, it's garbage. I'm going to be throwing that out. And she went over and started flattening them out. It's garbage. And she flattened them all out and rolled them all up and took them away. And she's mine. I said, no. I, and she, then we started, we made a, an agreement, the Jersey contract, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 we she saved them all and then years and years go by. I don't know how was that? She did the art book. She had been working on an art book of these stuff for years and she pulled out all these sketches and showed them to Tim. Wow. We hadn't seen them for like twenty something years. I said, What? I totally forgot about them. And they're all in the art book that she did with Watson Guptel. We all did. And my son wrote it because he posed with the hobbits back then and he wrote it from a point of view of his Jesus oh, so idea. Cool to get my son to write it as though he was trying to remember what it was like at that time, posing for it. Right. You know, so he wrote it kind of like with that objective, with that idea. And still, the rings, she called the ring, she called uh, the, the, the estate, forgot who else she talked to, somebody here in America, I think. And they said, no, 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 the, they, they sent a letter, I forgot exactly the exact technicalities of it, she didn't remember the details, but they basically said, the Tolkien estate states that this work does not represent the Lord of the Rings at all. In our minds, it does not re- represent the rings. So you can, you know, you're free to do anything you want to with it. So they signed it back. Any rights of reproduction over to it. Not that we can call it, you know, we can't say this is Gandalf. You, you, Gene, in the book, though, you can state this is Greg and Tim's painting of Gandalf from the 1976 Tolkien calendar. You get me? Right. So you can state it that way, but you couldn't you couldn't sell it as Lord of the Rings artwork, you know? Uh, but in any event, so the, the estate, I don't think it was so much that they were against Tim and me as any artist interpreting it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, it's, and I get that. Yeah, if, yeah, you know, yeah. The creator felt that way. Then you know, I, well, I it's, it's top down, yeah. isn't it? You know, they probably all had the same mentality because that that came down. Um, so tell us about 
um uh, upper deck did did they kind of approach you because i know i know oh, you yeah. obviously 2020 notwithstanding i know you were still doing some some cons and you would go um and, and set oh, yeah. up so did it did it come about from them approaching you at a con or how did how, yeah, did, how did that come about i forgot who the hell was the art director on the project or the editor who was really enthusiastic about working with with me on it and i well, i said yeah i'd love to so they they set that up I started it, was it 2018? Is that what it was? Well, this was the 2018 set, the, the X-Men one, yeah. 2018. Uh, uh, I was painting it at, at, at New York Comic Con. I was at the con. Painting. That's right. You that, were. We, so. the, the, the way that Gene, Gene's idea was that that would be a good attraction for me to paint live at these things, which yeah. became a whole other story. I said, yeah, I've worked in studio setups and I worked around all kinds of people. So it's not like it's that intense, you know, mm, but mm. it's distracting, you know, but fun at the same time. You know, I actually yeah. enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed the process because people would come up and you'd play with them and the kids, would, you know, and, and it was great. But I was working on that. At, at yes. Well, wow. we, we know this because we um, we uh, about 10 episodes back, we interviewed um, Jennifer Wu from Upper Deck. Okay, uh, yeah. And that's, I believe she was the art, uh, AD on that for you. Yeah, she um, and she's got a photo of her and yourself at uh, New York Comic Con and the, the painting behind, massive uh, painting, bigger than I expected. Yeah. Um, and we, we dubbed it um, that she got to hug a Hildebrand because she's there, you know, <laughs> with, <laughs> with her arm around you. So we actually, we actually said to her on the episode, we said, you, you're, 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 you, you're honoured, and she goes, "Why is that?" And he goes, "You got to hug a Hildebrand." Um, but it was it was fascinating, just just kind of you know hearing about uh, her her kind of recollection of watching you uh, create this piece. And we did what Tim and I did two other ones before of the the nineties. We did that's two right. That, that's right. Are, yeah, it's, those uh, are a yeah. bitch to work out. You know what I mean? Just in terms yeah. of making it work as a whole single composition but then having it divided up you know to make sure in each one of those sections work yeah How, yeah uh, anyway it's it's it, i like but i always like challenges and tim like challenges it's like going back to that time frame when we did the 90s stuff along with tearing the pirates it's like it's almost like all right you're you're ready on ready on, you know you're ready on your ready to race the gun goes off boom you know <laughs> and it's like can we get to the finish you know yes. a certain juice that gets a stab you know your, your excitement gets up to do that it becomes yeah. like, wow. it, yeah. it seems like back then for the both of us the more impossible it was the better it was you know yeah yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Do you um? I know you because obviously you did the uh, the triple piece for 2017 Spider Man, which I think was yeah. I think it was the symbiotes, wasn't it? Wasn't it Venom, yeah. Carnage, yeah. and yes. uh, oh, and Spidey? Oh, no. That's right. Yeah, no, no, you're I'm, right. It's Venom, it, Carnage, and then Maximum Carnage or something like that. Right. I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah. No, God, I can't remember exactly. I can't what. remember. I can't remember. Well, well. <laughs> Simone Bianchi did did one of those uh, trip uh, trip triptych uh, yeah. panels as well, and uh, yesterday, as as we record, he very kindly did a live virtual kind of uh, curation around his. Uh, um, exhibition in Italy for the members of the Marvel Masterpieces group. So he, he live streamed on the Facebook um, because he, he acknowledges a lot of people would probably have made the trip to come over and see a lot of the work because it's on it's on there for about a month. 
um, not notwithstanding the complications of mounting something like that during yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, a lot of the pieces there were some of the Marvel Masterpieces works that he did, but he had the original um, kind of landscape um, piece that he did that, that mirrored your one from Fleer Ultra Spider-Man. And I think his was, I think he did Hobgoblin, Green Goblin. I'm looking at you now, Norrin. I can't remember exactly what the characters were, but no. <laughs> okay. So he did Mysterio. Here we go. I've got them here. I don't know why I'm He's fumbling. Got there. It's Mysterio, <laughs> Electro, Spider-Man's in there, and I think it's Doc Ock. There we go. That's ah. it. That's did I it. Do that? Wow, that was good. You did. I didn't think no, I no. <laughs> the, the one I'm thinking of, because because when you when you lay it out in the in the nine up as Ken Bauer from Skybox instructed us to call them. So there's yours at the top. Yeah. Uh, so that's how they look like. The middle, of course, is Bob Larkin. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's who's in our is in our group. He's a lovely fella. And then at the bottom, there's yours. And there's one more because they went to twelve cards, which is which is nice, but it's frustrating because then you have to start another page and it's just got three cards at the top. <laughs> and uh, for the life of me, I'm having, uh, is that Kao Kakao? It yes, is. Yes, it is. It is. Kao Kakao. Um, who's uh, an artist from South America and his work is, is extraordinary. Um, do they do, do they send you, I mean, do you have um, uh, a, actual, like a, a set of any of the cards that you've worked worked on for Marvel? Did, uh, do, they, do they comp use yeah. any? Yeah, I've got some. I don't have all of stuff. You know what I mean? It's tough yeah. sometimes Marvel, you know, you slip through the cracks. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. They've done a lot of business. Yeah, I guess that well. Varying covers over the last couple of years. I've done tons of them, and it's like pulling teeth to get sometimes for them to remember to send the you know to send the uh, the, the, the magazines. You know the actual books. But well, I know you. Don't get me wrong; they're great to work with. I love the people over there. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you um, recently did some IDW um, IDW Star Trek covers, and that was your. I, I can't believe it took you this long to work on Star one, Trek. One cover, and they loved it a lot. Yeah. Star Trek people, they proved it and they liked it. And, they, and I said, well, I'll do some more. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big Trek fan, you know. It's, yeah. It's, it's big time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what the hell am I doing? I do so much stuff, it sort of gets lost in the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, How old are you? Eight, you're almost 82 and you're still working? When are you going to retire? It's retire. like, retire in, 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 from myself? Yeah. But it's but the thing is, this is this is one of the things I was I was going to. By the way, I don't. It's probably a good thing that you've not got all the cards because that is only part of the Clear Ultra Spider Man <laughs> set from 2017. Oh, I mean, they are they are they are thick. They are a lot thicker than the ones that you had back in the 90s. I can I can well, tell you that. In, in comic images, that's the card set that you were probably referring to before. Here in Jersey, they did the first card set that we ever did. That's right. Comic that's right. Yeah. Set, uh, all kinds of people, right? Yeah. They, zillions of them. I mean, they did. piece of artwork I ever did seem that they had. Comic <laughs> images. And then, and then of course, Impel, which then became uh, Skybox. Because we spoke mm-hmm. to, um, a couple of months back, we spoke to the marketing guy at Skybox, uh, who was there for about three or four years. So he, I, I don't think he would have worked on your set. I think he worked on uh, the 92 set with uh, Jusco. 
he worked on yeah. a lot and he actually did a lot of the press tour with with joe um yeah. and he was fascinating to talk to because he was he was telling us like how they plan them and how they design them and you know yeah. the, the way they laid them All out the and it's the scene stuff fascinating fascinating yeah. insight yeah. um but uh, one of the things i was, go- I was going to ask because obviously this is something that you know if you're an artist and you live and breathe it and it is your it's not something you do in the evenings a lot of artists have day jobs you know yeah. accountant player whatever and then they, they they do it in the evening but you've been obviously very blessed that you've right. been able to do it as your day-to-day make the right connections at the right time you know? yeah so so i always find it fascinating and i asked this question of julian boris and their answer was 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 wonderful it is where does where does where does where does the art part of your your day to day stop and and the relaxing time start? You know where because you obviously you work at home. You don't commute. I mean, I have a feeling that was the same before, you know, lockdown. Studio separate for a while, but I mean, yeah. you know, close to the house and stuff. But you know. um, so, so what do you do when you're not Greg Greg in front of an easel? What, what do you what what's your what's your hobby? Like, you like? Regular routine. I mean, I'm 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 a routine guy. I'm. I'm yeah. Up in the morning, uh, Gene and I, uh, Gene's, I'm up first. I go down, make coffee, you know, the usual. Uh, we have coffee together. Uh, then we get ready and we go to work. And she goes, she's in her office, which is where I'm right now. This is well, her office. And then she's, then I go two stories down into the basement, which I like, you know, the subterranean depths, you know, to work the <laughs> <laughs> and, and where computers are, where when she, when the COVID thing is not here, then she has you know people that that she employs that come in and work, and uh, and so I got my space downstairs and I work till noon. Then I get up, we we quit. Jean comes down, I feed the cats, do their noon time, their lunch for you know, sit down, we eat, uh, you know, quickly, a half uh, twenty minutes or so. Go back upstairs. Go, she comes back up, goes to work, or if she's downstairs working with a guy. She stays down there, works. I go down. I keep working till five thirty, six o'clock, and we stop and we feed the cats and we eat ourselves. And then, depending, you know, may go back to work for an hour or so, and 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 maybe twenty percent of the time, and then stop. Then and sit down and do. Now we've been isolated for since March. Yeah, not left our house except for several doctor's appointments. That's yeah. it. And so now, you know, sometimes you go for a walk or you go out and you do whatever. But like a normal life, I mean, totally normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I sit down and I, and I watch a movie or we watch a series that we're onto. You know, what the hell ever. You know, we just watched the three part thing on. on on uh, Hercule Poirot with uh, the, a new one. That's a, that's a three-part movie. On, yes, you know, and it was great. So we sat down and we watched that for, for three hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that was like, on that. That was on the BBC last year. My wife watched it. Another one. <laughs> I never stopped. I love that one on what the hell? Uh, the the Sherlock Holmes's uh, younger sister. Oh, that was Enola. nice, Enola. I, yeah. I love that. I love that. That was sweet. It was a sweet beautifully movie. Done. Beautifully done. Yeah, but, it's nice. So I, I, I never, my man, you know, as an artist, though, you're like, you know, and it's like, holy shit, look at the, the, the design. I'm always about, look at that beautiful setup. Yeah. Look at, look, is that digital or is that live? I mean, now I can't tell anymore. You know what I mean? Before I could tell if it was a matte painting or a yeah. miniature or, you know, matted together. But now I, I so I'm, I'm like that. My mind's going, I'm absorbed with, 
the story. But at the same time, running parallel is this observation of lighting, composition, all the the usual shit that's in my head. You know what I'm saying? That never goes away. It's just always there. It's like what's always there too, what's always there too is this am I doing the right thing right now? Should should I be working on something? Even though the schedule, Gene is very scheduled, everything is like this, and I know what I'm working on. There's an internal driving thing that should I be doing something else that's more or better than this? Kind of like it's always there. You know what I mean? I don't know if you yeah. know that. that yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you always, well, it's kind of. Um, it's almost like the whole deadline thing about having to do it in 36 hours it's like it's like you're pushing yourself if you like like yeah. i guess like athletes do in that you know yeah. when they're when they're yeah. in their prime you know you're constantly testing the limits of what you can achieve and if uh, it sounds to me like that that drive is very much still there and is still part of you again it's part of your dna that, that's that's part, that's the, again going to segue but that's the beauty of age doesn't mean shit when it comes to art Mm. You know, the beauty of it. I mean, so many people in their life, sports, whatever. I mean, you have deadlines within that field. I mean, you can't hear. There's no, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you, if you're 100 and you're still functioning, you, you're you never, you, you, you have to, you know, stay, try to stay relevant in a sense. Not, not try to stay. I don't mean like I try to stay. I mean, I think I'm interested in the world, you know? Yeah, you keep your context, right. You, you, and, and yeah. in, in new art, what people do, and it turns me out, it freaks me out, flips me out. Jane constantly show me people's work, and I always get the, I still and, and, and always get the sense of being sucked in the gut. Oh, my God. That's overwhelming. Jeez. It's like you get, like, a level devastated, and then you switch that around to enthusiasm and excitement. Yeah, that, that that never goes away. In fact, I tell kids that because you feel they look at somebody else's work and they say, "Oh my God, that's I'll never do that. I can't. I'm quitting." I say, "No, no, no. That use that. Turn, turn yes. that around to excite. Inspire you. Inspire. Yeah. Take the devastation, the knockout punch, and then you're flattened all out. You know that like there's Muhammad Ali leaning over you. But don't, don't, don't <laughs> get up. But use yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, keep on trucking, baby. You know. Yeah. Do you um? Who's yeah. who? I don't want to put you on the spot with this if you don't want to say anything. But is there anyone you can think of who's kind of really knocked your socks off in terms of the art that's coming out, either in the genre or in in any other kind uh, of uh, avenue at the moment that you can think of? That... I can't think of a name. Mm. I, I won't even say a name. There are there are people who I, I know. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say a yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. There, there are there are people, all contemporary, young people, and who just are just beginning. And or met the masters. I mean, I, I, I still look at Botticelli and freaking go nuts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, Walt Simonson, who were good friends. I mean, Walt's yes. look wow. is, is amazing. His drawing, because Gene's, Gene's the only one selling his drawings. I mean, he won't work with anybody else. And I look at his drawings, you know, and they're like, just his, the beauty of his work and his initial roughs and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just tell him, and I say, He'd, I'd say, Walt, how long have you been drawing? He says, how long has he been drawing? He's, I would think that I would be better than I am. You know, and it's like that's, but that's the way that I think, you know, if you're satisfied with yourself, you're dead. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, as an artist, yeah, I think yeah. I can't ever, I, I've never been satisfied with anything that I've ever done. You know, yeah, yeah. There, there's a level of like sense that, you know, it's not really what it could have been, you know, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and you, you don't, 
the thing is, don't let that, I, again, when I told kids that, don't let that devastate you. That's part of the process. Yeah, that's what I do too. When I yeah, because I teach um, screenwriting, and you know I I write and all that kind of stuff, and I feel the same. I always cuss people out. I feel bad, but I see someone do really good work, and I'm like mother, and I just like like I love them, and I'm super happy, and I'm like thank (laughs) you for giving me this because now I can take this and write. You know what I mean? And I can get better because I've seen something really good, and now the challenge is there. But I always cuss them out, and I get super upset. (laughs) Yeah, Salieri throwing the cross into the into the fireplace. Yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> right? But, but it's true though. But I tell my that's the biggest yeah. fear. I we were talking. I was talking about a couple other artists the other day. We were, were bullshitting, and I said that's the biggest fear you have is to it be is. broke. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you know, it's it's like a constant. Am I am I just a mediocrity? That's always there. Yeah, it's always yeah. in the back of your head, right? That that yeah. that kind of thing. Well, I tell my students, I'm like, don't compare yourself to anybody else, right? You're not meant to compare yourself. You're meant to look at someone else's work and be like, what do you like? And let that inspire your own work next time. You know what I mean? Because the more you start comparing yourself, it gets murky because you don't know what people are doing, how much time and the natural things they've come into. It just becomes a complicated mess mm-hmm. that, becomes, that makes you unproductive. And once you have that killing your art, there's something that completely is taken away from you. And I see a lot of people go through that challenge, yeah. especially teaching. You know what I mean? I see a lot of students are like, well, this is never going to be just as good. So why should I spend the time? I was like, you spend the time because you want to master it. And that's what makes the work good because you continue to try. I don't know. For me, that's how I think about it. Oh, I totally get that. 1,000%. Yes, completely. Yeah. Especially because you don't compare. Yeah, because you you haven't gone on the journey that person has gone to create that piece. So you you could never have have maybe done it in exactly the same way. But use what you like and create your own based on your journey and how you arrive at that. You know, that's the way I look at it from, you know, I I used to I used to write. I don't don't so much anymore. Um, So I I, I just want to kind of touch on uh we're kind of almost 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 going to let you go for your day but i just wanted to touch on um the spider web art um side of things because the, the, i i i think it's fascinating and it, it sounds to me like like gene is obviously a, a massive driving force uh, on this is how much how versatile you've been at adapting the business uh, side of things to what's been happening this year. And I say that because very, very early on, I got an email with spiderweb art face masks <laughs> that I could oh, order yeah. with, with your artwork. So I could have your artwork on my face if right. I wanted to, Greg, <laughs> um, as well as some of the other fine artists that, that you guys represent. Um, <laughs> do you, um, uh, and one of the, one of the things and I guess it touches on the airplane side, uh, the airplane paintings is the, is the tin art, that you, that you do, which is more of that that pinup side yeah, of things. Yeah, mainly, yeah. They, they are they are they are fascinatingly they're fascinating to me because they're a very they're very much an Americana uh, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of thing. Um, did did have you always done that 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 kind of work? Is uh, you know alongside all the other stuff that you had going on, or is that a more recent thing that you you kind of got into that? The, yeah, the pinup part. Yeah, and and, and then the the tin science as the medium for it. I guess. I, I mean, it's like how many times is it? It's like when you're a kid, like my age anyway, back then in the day. What the hell are you drawing? You're drawing you're drawing monsters, rockets, battle scenes, and girls. Once you discover that, that's what you're drawing. I mean, you know, I never stopped. I mean, you know, I've I've been in all kinds of mm. periods of 
escalated consciousness in terms of global conditions, justice, war, peace, racism, hate, and, you know, the whole fucking thing, excuse my English, that's going on. Uh, and yet, I mean, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know yeah. What I'm saying? yeah. 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 Yeah, navigate that. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. We will, of course, you know, I, I I, just get joy when I go into your Instagram feed. And I think it, you know, just speaking to you for the last 90 minutes has been the most wonderful. You've wonderful, been awesome. This is so much fun. So much vibrancy, both both in your work, in the nature of the stuff that comes out from Spiderweb Art that's yourself and the other artists. Uh, I think you've got Holigo Lightly. Um, is Nelson um, yes, DeFaro? Nelson. Yeah, uh, Walt Simonson. I'm trying to remember the names of them all because obviously you. See, so, so some of Joe's work, Casada, uh, uh, yeah, Adam Huber. That's and, it. Yeah, Adam's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's just amazing like stuff. The pinup stuff, though. The thing that gets me, I people, I a couple of people, and only a couple of people have said to me over the years that I'm um, exploiting women. You know, I'm an exploiter. I'm, I'm demeaning. To me, I've idolized women. They've always been on a pedestal. To me, that's what my pinup art's all about, is the glorification of women. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. that, that's a point that I want to make very strong. No, very much so. No, well, certainly that's how I... I kind of interpret it. They're very, you know, the uh, the um, the imagery I see is very vibrant and very uh, respectful and very celebratory. You know, well, um, yeah, pin art, pin, pin up art has also become. I think that's all. You have to keep the context too, though, right? Yeah. Because, you know, yes, there there is, you know, this horrible thing that happens in our country and with people with body image and what women have to go through, and it's god awful. Right. You know what I mean? And we don't deal with that as much as women have to deal with that on a constant basis. But pinup art comes from a context and an art form that's been well established for some mm. time mm. and has its own history to it. So I think, you know, I think it's like when people do like Betty Page and all these other kind of art pieces. You know what I mean? There's you're hearkening back to a particular artistic endeavor and style and it becomes a little different but yeah 100 percent. i think but i've seen your work it's it's very artistic you know yeah. what I, mean? I, I don't know I, I don't know if that's how but, you would say so it. you know, it's what you just said about betty page in that period you know it's like I, again i can remember you know i knew that i grew up with that that woman's place was in the kitchen and in the bedroom that's you know you 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 know what i mean I'm, you know that's their place in that kind of like that that cutesy, you know, with the apron and pulling the pie yeah. oven, yeah. kind of like shit. Those propaganda images uh, that were yeah. everywhere of what a woman's place was. Well, Betty and other models, Bunny Yeager, et cetera, on and so forth. Many of them, fuck you, man. Yeah, I'm man. And I'm taking charge. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm in the center. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you have to look at Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman was a character that was done based off, you know, the kind of um, risque BDSM, all that kind of stuff. And she became an owner of that image, right? Yeah. It became less about male perception of woman and yep. woman taking on the perception and saying, well, now I own this and this is me. And I think that's what pinup has evolved into, especially for tattoos, right? Especially for 
different like illustrations and stuff like that. So I, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. All different artwork you have to take context too, right? I mean, it's the same thing with Marvel cards. You know, we we look at Marvel cards a lot and we see a lot of different artists' interpretations of these characters. And I think what we have as collectors that we're all really good about, funny enough, is we're all we're like, well, this is their interpretation. It's awesome. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like there's ownership. There's this, you know what I mean? There's this like passing of the bat, bat in and all that's kind of good stuff yeah. that happens. That, that's what's so great about Marvel. I mean, they don't, they don't tell you, well, never, anybody I've worked with there all these years ever says, paint, the, draw the character exactly this way. Nobody, they want your person. Oh. That's what they, is desired is for you to become involved in it on your own personal level in your own personal way. They yeah. know, well, that that's you're going to get the best work that way. Yeah. 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 Which and is most original too. And storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is what, this is what I find amazing just to kind of to bring it full circle is, is the, the new masterpiece set that, that Dave Palumbo's just, just painted 135 pieces for. Yeah. There are characters in there that I, I've never seen or heard of. And I'm now then they're, they're kind of introduced to me because yeah. he's really, he's, he's gone to some deep cuts. I mean, he's got Pip the troll, um, yeah. in, <laughs> in, in there. Um, and, what's that? Sorry. Squirrel girl. Squirrel girl. No, no, he, he didn't. didn't do Squirrel no, Girl. No, he didn't actually. Um, I was thinking Hunter. he would too. It didn't end up in the first one. I don't know why. I don't remember exactly. Somebody said no. <laughs> no, and I, I don't know if because because there is a banned list of characters you can't draw for various reasons because of the or movie the, rights, licensing stuff, you know. Fox or so. So yeah, so Norin, 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 Norin. Well, as you can tell by the name, is Silver Surfer's his character. Black Cat is mine. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> and she's everywhere at the moment. But Norin, bless him, he can't catch a break because Silver Surfer's been on the banned list for about five years now. Um, but um, I don't know why we have to keep. No, bringing I, it up. I, I keep bringing. I, like I keep bringing. Nice it, just... I keep bringing it up, dear, because it's therapy. Okay, it's therapy for you. This <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I this appreciate it. Session. Um, but 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 the interesting thing is yeah, when you look at. Um, um, and I'm sure you've seen uh, Joe Jusko's 2016 uh, oh. set, yeah, and, yeah, and, and the, the jaw dropping um, artwork that he he, he oh, created well, for that. And then, of course, you've got Simone Bianchi with a, a completely different style and approach, yeah. and very otherworldly. I don't look up all this stuff. You see, I'm unaware of these various people. Yeah. Oh, we're going to give you all this. Stuff. You, Definitely, yeah. if you if you because um, uh, Simone's work is 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 something else. It's it's yeah. so different to everyone else working at the moment. We'll send you pictures so uh, you can catch up. It's gonna be awesome. I'll be whacked out and then I'll pick myself up and <laughs> you'll be like mother. You okay, fine. This is good. I'm ready. You know the Dave Palumbo set is again. It's it's, yeah. a, it's so different, and yeah. that's what I think is so wonderful because none of the sets have 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 been the you know, very much no perfect. The yeah. same as the other, you know. There has never been and will never be another set like the '94 set that 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 you and your brother did. Uh, there will never be another set like the set that Julian Boris did. There will never be, you know. I was going to say there'll be another, never be another set like 1992. But then just go did it again. But you know, even he himself would say, you know, he did that because he was. You mean '92 and '16 are so yeah. different? Yeah, yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? It's pretty well, crazy. That's the idea. I mean, you don't want to just keep repeating yourself too. You know, right? What I'm Hopefully that's what you do. You grow. Sometimes people don't want to see that because they fell in love with your past. They want to keep you in their past. That's yeah. why you want you want to keep me in your past. 
Yes. You know? and, and, but that's an artistic struggle all the time that artists have, right? You Even writing, I'm filming, you, I'm directing movies. I mean, what the hell? Is you yeah. bust out of yourself, which is yeah. always the desire is to jump into the white space. Yeah. The unknown. They're the brand yeah. new to me. And that's what turns me on every day is is the white, the damn white piece of paper. Yeah. Just yeah. Not, yeah. No? Well, it, it, t- it touches on that strip that you had to do when they wanted the 30s, but yeah. you wanted to do it contemporary. Right. It's like, well, you know, nostalgia is not what it used to be. It's, you know, <laughs> reinterpret it for now, which is right. what I think find so fascinating about the current Star Trek reboot. Um, yeah. I say reboot, but they really have gone and taken the, the, the ethos yeah. okay. and the sens- sensibility and just refreshed it in such a vital way. And I think I, the Picard series was, was superb. So, um, if you haven't caught that, do do, do check it out because yeah. it's um, it, it really is good. Uh, Greg, you're you're gorgeous, sir. Can I just say you are absolutely yeah. oh. <laughs> sexy. Look at that. Look at that. Did you see the picture? Oh, some guy, it, 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 some guy with jeans. Were, you know, look. I don't want to get political, but I don't know. You know, it's like we've been. I kept my Mike, mouth shut for a long time. Your mic, your mic, you, you go for it. I kept my mouth shut for a long time in regards to this present situation in this country in terms of the at the top. And finally, I couldn't deal with it anymore. We just opened up and and we've been doing But it's not like you're, you're not combative. I, I mean, I was totally I was, I was totally into Mahatma Gandhi and Satyagraha, you know, and, and, and Martin Luther King's nonviolence, completely one billion percent. Yeah. You know, I think the person that makes a fist it loses the battle and all that. Mm. And but so we try to keep our commentary on a we'll use his own quotes, what he has said back in his face. In the his followers attack us, and Gene is the one that does most of the typing. She, she and I will sit down and discuss what we want to talk about today, at, you know, on our Facebook page. Yeah, right. And then some guy the other day says she's full of shit and you're stupid and and where's Greg? What's he? Do you you wear the pants in the family, right? Whoa! I, I, I posed an address the other morning with a pink wig on to show <laughs> how I really. Dress. You're right, buddy. This is how I dress all day. You know. Anyway, you're my hero. <laughs> we we will we will we will we will we, see if we can find that image and put it in the tasting well, notes for the episode. <laughs> I mean, it's like if we're not, we don't. It, they don't know that they're selling it all down the drain to fascism. Yep. They don't even know that. Yep. That's the terrifying part to me. Everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid and not witnessing what's happening around them. It's horrifying. Yeah, we don't want to drink. I don't know how this yeah. works. No, no, it's fine. Listen, uh, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Ian I, tries it, to it, keep a clean show, but... No, no, it's not that. It's not that. It's just that if you get me going, we've got another hour on the clock. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, <laughs> it's all just so aggravating and horrible. It is, and you know, and I, 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 I'm kind of my perspective on it is very much from outside of the US and just watching yeah. it from, which is you know maybe one day we'll get into it um, uh, as a I, separate I episode. I mean, if you want to, you know, at some point, like, yeah, listen, we, we it, should, we should, we should start another show, Norin. <laughs> I'm in. It, that's right. You just be us three. We can just hang out. I'm down for that. Sunday mornings, keep them free. We'll, I love we'll it. We'll do it we'll regularly. <laughs> you you make the coffee. I'll bring the, I'll bring the scones. Um, 
uh, Greg Hildebrand, uh, I, I, I think you're f- fabulous, quite frankly. I think your work is, uh, you, you know, we're obviously fans of your work. Obviously, we love you for set. Uh, I speak on behalf of, I, I know I confidently speak on behalf of everyone in our Facebook community when I say thank you for creating all those pieces. Thank because, you. Because, you know, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for saying this. Thank you for you making it public, making everything and keeping enthusiasm alive in the world. And we've got to do it. And excitement yeah. and beauty. And, I mean, thank you. Uh, that's what it's about that's what it's about you know uh, why we this is why we love talking to creators like like you of some of these 90s sets that a lot of people grew up on because this is kind of the the, almost the secret history the oral history has never been recorded you know unless because a lot of this was before internet so unless you've got copies of this you know uh, cards illustrated stashed under your mattress let's face it not many people do not many people did even then uh, uh, um, i need to, uh, i shouldn't be rude about them because we'll probably interview them at some point but um but, you know it's, it's the secret history of the creation of things that people yeah. are still discovering which well, is it's why true because like, somebody, said, somebody said to me kind of recently didn't you used to be famous <laughs> you are still famous sir you have no idea yep well it's funny because like ian and i I mean, we have what? Almost how many members now, Ian? It's crazy. Uh, uh, 1,100 in Marvel Masterpieces collectors. insane. Yeah. Just, we have so many people. And it's so funny to see all these people come together because we all used to sit around as kids, look at the cards, and talk about the art. But that yeah. was it, right? It's just the conversation between two or three friends who were just in in all of these pieces. And now it's like all of us coming together. We're like, we need to know more. We need to get everybody together. We need to talk about this because this is just, this is something that's been kind of glossed over. And Ian and I are trying so desperately with your help, of course, bring it back into, into the, into the limelight. Beautiful. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, listen, uh, uh, Greg, this is fantastic. We will put on our show notes links to Spiderweb uh, Arts, uh, where people can buy an, an enormous array of pocket money pleasers to um, remortgage your house, depending on which end of the spectrum you want to go with, um, and all of the other fine artists that you represent. Obviously, your Instagram feed is, is brilliant. No one else I know, 81, is posting Instagram posts on the 1st of October, buried under a giant toy spider. <laughs> <laughs> which which has got to be seen to be believed um so i'll so just let fun. people discover that on their own uh you, you're, you're a bundle you're a bundle of fun long may you continue to be so uh thank you so much can you can you remember what we asked you uh how we sign off our show at the, at the beginning of uh at the very top enjoy collecting thanks for listening to the marvel card collectors podcast visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our facebook page you can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp we're also on itunes spotify and all major podcast platforms please take a second to subscribe like and review our show wherever you get your podcasts our podcast can be found by googling at the mcc pod which will also find us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram our facebook community is at mccw marvel car collectors worldwide and mmc marvel masterpieces collectors the great music we use is called rocket power by kevin mcleod thanks to the collectors artists and creators who support the marvel cards fan collective we'll see you next time and remember it's a small hobby but a fun one Make mine marvel and enjoy collecting. <laughs>